I'm Pete Primo. This is the podcast for furniture and mattress store owners who want to make more money without the BS. Welcome to the No BS Sales, Marketing, and More podcast for furniture and mattress stores. If you own a furniture or mattress store or you work in one, this is a podcast for you. Pete Primo here with Doug Stewart. Doug, it's episode 17. Where does time go, my friend? Fast, man. Very fast. How you doing, Pete? I'm good, brother. I'm good. I see that our topic this week is qualifying. What you have on your mind, man? So I think the really interesting thing was not so much what's on my mind, but what was on our Facebook page over the weekend. Um, so, I mean, look, qualifying is is the 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 first step and and in my mind the most important step because you can't get to the second thing until you finish the first thing um and you know i remember one thing my grandfather would always tell me on saturdays on saturday mornings when i would talk about how much we were going to sell that day he would always say look you can never make your second sell till you make your first one and so let's worry about the first one first and so that's one of the reasons why i think qualifying is so important because that's really the first thing that you do um so you know, one of the things you you posted on the the the, the No BS uh, Sales School for Furniture and Mattress Salespeople, which any of our listeners aren't actively involved. It's a it's a very active group. Um, it's a closed group and a private group, um, and and really 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 insightful. So I've I've really enjoyed following. I know that I didn't comment a lot on this particular thread, even though as always I have some opinions. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's it's really great stuff from from the from the folks and the the community we have going on on Facebook. Yeah, there really there really was. So, you know, the question that sparked this is uh, there there were four qualifying questions that were kind of put up for debate, and I actually wrote bad question next to this question, and that is suggesting that a salesperson ask. Uh, do you prefer a hard or soft feel? And the reason it's a bad question, well, there, there's a lot of reasons it's a bad question, but let me just read a couple of the insights and then maybe we can toss this back and forth a little bit, yeah. Doug. So my co-host, who is awesome and I love him and he's one of the smartest guys I know, said, that's an awful question, dot, dot, dot. What did you mean by that, Doug? When I first saw that, asking if they prefer a hard or a soft feel, gosh, it's 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 a matter of definition, right? And that's one of the things that I find can be challenging um, if if you lead with that question and say, "Oh, I, I I like a I like a soft feel." Well, soft to them may mean something completely different than soft to you, yeah. And because feel is really personal and it's really about preference and it's about definition of that that particular person it can mean anything right so it could mean what you would consider firm or hard may be soft to them it really depends on what their past experience has been and what how they what their perception of softness or firmness is and so even in this case that they may answer that question doesn't really tell you anything It, it doesn't tell you anything and you know when you know, I was kind of brought up with comfort selling, and what we used to do is start them off with a really hard bed and a really soft bed. And you would be surprised with how many people would say, 
the soft bed was firm or the firm bed was soft, right. but they liked it. But at least now we've calibrated and we understand. So she points to this really hard bed and says, that's the bed I like. Okay, so now I have that you know, calibrated that she likes that kind of feel. So I'll show her some other firms and get her reaction to it. I, I thought that there was some really great, um, comments and and yeah. I want to I want to get to I skip over I'm going to get back to Charlie's question because it's great oh, that was uh, awesome it's a great comment but I want to do Rick Alexander Rick said horrible question always start on a neutral feel bed and then ask questions about comfort level one good question is what would you like to change uh, about this bed so. I like that, and it's kind of the opposite of what I was taught to do, but I see the value in it. So, so Mrs. Jones, would you make this bed firmer? Would you make it softer? You know, that's perfectly valid. I, I really like that. The most important mm -hmm. thing is to get them on a bed and start calibrating the, the feel. Charlie Lloyd was awesome. He quotes this post. These questions must be answered before you can proceed baloney. And just so you guys know what the questions were, what size are you looking for? Do you prefer a hard or a soft feel? Is the mattress for the master bedroom or a guest room? How soon will you need your new mattress? And I understand exactly why those questions are being asked. I just object to where they're being placed and how they're being placed. And as you said, you said it so well, Doug, you know, an answer to is that softer firm means nothing. You know, let's go to a bed or beds and start calibrating exactly what they're feeling so that we have some more information that, you know, we know where this customer is coming from. So these questions must be answered before you can proceed. Charlie Lloyd says baloney. I want to know what problem they are trying to solve and show them the best solutions to that problem. The problem with these so-called qualifying questions is that they have been used for years by mattress salespeople to qualify the customer instead of qualifying their sleep needs. That's backwards and will cost us sales. He blew me away on that. I, I, I thought that was one of the best post ever or comments to a post ever yeah i mean i think what charlie's getting at is is so is so profound and, and especially especially as he's talking about how this is something that everyone else basically does and i've always believed that you have to be a little bit different if if your customer's already been to six stores and you're store number seven and you say the same thing the last six people said um it's going to be really hard for you to, to gain rapport and to gain the level of trust. And as we all know, people buy things from people they trust. Yeah. And that is the that is the most important part of the sale is the amount of trust that that the customer has with their salesperson. Yep. Um Dan Souter jumped in there. Dan's one of our one of our leaders in our group. Always has great comments and and, and really good insights. And, you know, his comment was you should be comfort testing at this point, actually mm -hmm. having the customer laying down on some mattresses. And he doesn't say that, but I'm going to say this um, mm -hmm. and getting feedback from them and, and really kind of digging in and finding out, you know, what they like and what they don't like and, you know, where this is going to end up going. I'm reading some of my uh, comments. Um, they're not to <laughs> be repeated. 
<laughs> you know, and Pete, I think I would almost take take this conversation a, a, a bit deeper and say that, you know, I've I've always believed, and I mean, this is true for myself personally, but it's also been true for almost every customer I've I've had an interaction with over the years. Is that people make their future buying decisions based on their past experiences. Right, and so there, there is a there is a point in time when, between the time your customer comes in your door and the time they try out the first bed that there has to be a human connection that's made. And I've always found one of the best ways to make that human connection is to talk to them about the product that they are replacing, what they have now. Um, right, right. Because what they like or dislike about, I mean, the things that they like about the mattress they are replacing are things that you want to stay consistent in the next mattress. The things that they have not liked or would like to change are things that are going to be really important for the, this next purchase. So that past experience they've had will be a big determining factor if they don't feel like it lasted as long, if they don't as they wanted to, if it wasn't as comfortable, if it wasn't as soft, if it wasn't as firm, whatever their perception may be about their experience, tells you a lot of things about where they need to go. And if we're not asking those questions, then we can't answer the questions. Well, you know, one of the one of the interesting things about there are plenty of features and benefits on every bed to talk about features and benefits until your customer's head is swimming and they no Mm -hmm. longer want to listen to you. And I have always taught that if you are guessing at features and benefits that are, are meaningful to your customer, if you are guessing, then the chances of you landing on a feature and benefit that is meaningful to them within three tries is probably unlikely. So the question Mm -hmm. that you're suggesting is the same question that Nat Bernstein put in his selling system years ago. The comfort selling system is, you know, what's wrong with your old mattress? And then do Columbo and and ooh and ah and make noises to just draw them out and let them talk about that and really understand what they didn't like about the old mattress because you said it so well it it really becomes your script so when she tells you what she didn't like now you know what features and benefits are important there's probably really only one or two that are very important to her then you can you can zero in on those one or two things once we establish the correct comfort right and uh, you know then the chances of us, you know, actually solving the problem for the customer, it just goes up exponentially. Right. And the other thing that, you know, I just I hate, hate it about that question, softer plush, not only is it an unknown, which you point out so well, and it doesn't bring us any closer to the sale without laying down on a mattress, the way both, you know, Rick said it, Dan said it, Charlie said it. You know, we got to get them down on some mattresses and we got to start calibrating what they're feeling so that mm-hmm. we know where to take this this uh, thing. You know, the way I look at selling a mattress is you don't really sell a mattress. You let your customer buy. Your customer doesn't want to shop for a mattress. They would rather be doing anything. You don't think Mrs. Jones would rather be shopping for her for shoes, for clothes, for anything but mattresses. Yeah. When we run 
polls and we ask customers what they think about shopping for mattresses and what they think about mattress salespeople, these things never come out well. I think right. that we rank like just above used car salespeople. I think even insurance salespeople test higher than we test. And it's sad because I love this profession. And, you know, when when we do things that are in the best interest of the customer, that makes sense, that are logical, like asking them, what's wrong with your old mattress? You know, and, and digging in on that and finding out. Now we have a script to follow of which features and benefits to talk about and which ones not to talk about. Right. Um, you know, and I also think it's important to <clears throat> to remember really two things. The first thing is customers oftentimes will answer the questions you ask if you ask them in a in a in a, from a position of curiosity. Yes. You know, one of the questions that I would ask a lot is, you know, what is it that caused you to decide that you needed a new mattress? Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's a very open question that can go any way they. They, they wanted to. So once they answer that, oftentimes I don't have to ask what room it's for. I don't ask, have to ask what their biggest biggest issue with the mattress is. Oftentimes I don't have to ask them how long they've had it because they answer all of those questions by answering that first question. That's a, that's um, a great question. And, uh, you know, it's very similar to Ari Galper's tell me. Um, it's almost a, like a it, – it's almost agreed in. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, gardeners, uh, Jeff and Ben, um, use um, some of Ari's stuff um, with their with uh, their scripting, and they actually ask the question. And every salesperson asks the question, you know, tell me what brought you into our store today. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, oftentimes it's not the words that you say; it's how you say the words. Right. You know. Prior to us getting on this call, I was explaining a um, a greeting that that I designed for my sales manager years ago. And one of the things I kept saying to you is the body language is really important because if you're walking right. forward when you say this, it doesn't work. But if right. you're surrendering and taking a half a step back and you are, it appears to the customer, allowing them to go it works exceptionally well. So right. a lot of times it's not what you say, it's how you say it. Yeah. One, one of the things that I, I often say to when I'm doing sales training with pe- people, if you don't really love people, just please get out. Right. Just do, your, do yourself a favor and <laughs> get out. Yourself and everyone else. Because you're yeah. going to ruin the industry that I love. And right. you know we're at a place now where we shouldn't be and it breaks my heart that we're there mm-hmm. and there's so you know i don't like talking about negatives i want to talk about positives but the one thing that makes you different than the other store is you you right. the salesperson are the great differentiator so if you have joy in you that comes out don't you think your customer wants a little bit more of that? Now, I'm not talking about fake hyperness. I'm talking about real joy and calmness and sincerity and authenticity that that's who you really are. You're really glad to be there. You're glad to help them and you want them to get 
the right matches for them. And to me, if those things come across, some of these words aren't as important. Mm -hmm. Um, And your words can be 100% on point. And if your attitude and what you are bringing to the sale isn't on point, and one of the things that I used to say, and, and you've heard me say this before, Doug, I used to tell my salespeople on a Saturday morning meeting uh, before we got on the floor is, gentlemen and ladies, if you are thinking about your pocketbook and your commissions when you're working a customer, you have lost the sale. You need to be thinking about only one thing. If this person was my grandmother, how would I work with this person? Mm-hmm. How would yeah. how authentic would I be? How real would I be? Right. Uh, would I help her watch out for the pitfalls that I might know that are there that she would never know unless I pointed out? Right. Would I be gentle? Would I be kind? Would I be caring? Would I do everything to make sure that they got the right matches for them. And if the answer is yes, then a lot of this stuff, these words, you know, almost don't matter. Right. But but words do matter. And, and you know, when you say something to a customer that doesn't point you both in the right direction, um, and doesn't help you guys get closer to solving her problem, mm-hmm. then, then we then we then we end up going backwards, and, and I guess that was my my visceral reaction to this yeah. soft and plush thing is it just doesn't bring us closer to the sale, and really what it does is it makes us dance around in a circle because right. after that, what what do we need to do? I don't know what plush or firm is to you, even after you say, right. oh, I want a firm. Well, what's a firm to you? So we right. still have to lay down on a mattress, whether we, we take them to a super firm or a super plush, um, or we take them to a neutral, like Rick Alexander suggests, a neutral bed and say, you know, would you make this softer? Would you make this mm-hmm. harder? What? How would you change this mattress? Right, um, right. You know, there's a lot of ways to get there. I just think that that question doesn't help us get there, and I feel like I'm beating this thing up, and I don't mean to. But what what what's going on, man? What do you think? You know, uh, this is this is. I thought about this while you were while you were sort of going through that, and I I think that you can sort of solve this problem with three words and an idea. So here they are. So. The three words are generosity. I'm sorry. The three words are creativity, generosity, and curiosity. Yes. In that order. And so creativity, because every customer is a little bit different. And you have to be creative and you also have to be sensitive to um, each individual person and the things that are important to that person. Their feeling of importance is paramount. They're the only person in the in the universe that matters at that moment. Yep. Um, generosity, you know, Pete, do you remember, and I, I guess I'm probably on the tail end of this generation when, when this used to happen, but I can remember 
being a kid and often we would get a knock on like people would just come to our door like neighbors and just knock yeah right they just they just come over which yeah. now when someone knocks you're like oh my gosh what are, who's trying to sell me something or you never assume it's a, it's a it's a neighbor so they would come over just knock just to say hello they'd knock because they need a cup of flour because they were out they'd need right. two eggs because they were out right um, or they bring they they just made something and they were bringing you a you know half a cake they just made or whatever that's just kind of the the, the way things used to be and I, I i don't know that things are maybe maybe just because where i live now things aren't that way um but they no. that's certainly how they were when i was when i was a kid and and i think if you took the position that that we took um when that was true when people just knocked on the door and came in we knew that about half the time they needed something Right. And half the time, maybe they didn't. But we always answered the door the same way. They could have a measuring cup in their hand, and we know that they wanted to come in and scoop in our flour and leave. But we still were happy to see them. Yep. We welcomed them into our home before we asked them what they needed or what they were looking for or why <laughs> they were there. It's a great point. And so often people walk into furniture stores, and they're met by salespeople and say, hey, what are you looking for today? Right. So you and, might as well say, hey, what can I sell you? Right. Right. You know, what, uh, hey, what, what do I need to show you so that you'll give me your money? Right. And that's way different than saying, welcome in. I'm so glad you are here <laughs> first <Right. laughs> before you get in. Now, you have to make the transition into what they're looking for. And they, you are there to sell things. And it's my opinion that no one shops for mattresses for fun, maybe other than me because I'm sort of a dork and I, I like to, right? But people in general don't just like, you know, honey, I think we'll just go look at mattresses all day today. It just doesn't happen. And so, so the, I think if – go ahead. So the three words are creativity, generosity, and curiosity. Mm -hmm. I love that. What's the other thing? I'm dying to get to the rest of it. So, so the curiosity part, okay, so creativity is just recognizing that each person is different. You're going to have to approach each person a different way. Yeah. Generosity is, is, is being genuinely happy and genuinely excited to see people when they walk in. That's right. To have a human connection first. Right. And then a product connection second. And then curiosity is just what we talked about before. You know, asking the questions about what caused them to start shopping for a new mattress. What are some of the things that you would like to change? What are the, some of the things that you've you've loved? What how do you think your life would be different if you were sleeping a little better? How much longer would you like this mattress to last? Um, you know, all of those questions that are just curiosity questions. Right. They also they not only get to the heart of the heart of the issue with the customer, they also give you different permissions. And I believe selling is all about permission. Yes. And so very few times in my sales career have I had rapport with a customer so quick where I could ask for I could ask about budget really early in the sale. Some salespeople can. I'm not one of them. Right. Um, I've, I've never, I've never really been comfortable with that, and so I've found that asking questions about longevity and durability and how long they've had their last one, how long they would like their next one to last, gives me the ability to number one manage their expectation for what they're gonna get, um, right? Because there's a lot swirling around right now about the difference between warranty life and comfort life. Customers don't understand the difference, and, and you that's know what? a whole. 
We got we got to bring our friend Jeff Janakovo on for that because he was just absolutely passionate in our group the other night about that and and I I do want to I I do want to do a a whole segment on on that so so you know this curiosity you know you said something that was really profound I don't want us to skip over it so when you get permission to talk about something. There's different levels of permissions in different areas, and really, Selwyn is, you know, when I asked, well, I asked two salespeople that were the best salespeople in my area, how do you sell? And and they said, well, why do you want to know? And I said, well, you know, I'm right, I have this blog, and I want to write, and they both said the same thing, almost word for word. You could never teach people what I do. Well, what is it that you do? Well, I'm myself. Right. Now you, what you need to understand is both of them are completely different salespeople and they're both the best. Right. But they're unique. And you know, they you can't teach what I do. So when I kind of look at these, these two salespeople, through the prism of creativity, generosity, and curiosity, it explains their commonalities, and mm-hmm. it also explains why they're so great. Um, right. I mean, these guys take chances, but they don't just take chances arbitrarily. Mm-hmm. They ask permission to go deeper. Because, you know, somebody will tell you everything if they're comfortable with you, and they'll tell you nothing if right. they don't believe that you're asking it for the right reasons and they don't trust you, you know, you're going to get nothing. But right. if you if a customer allows you in pretty deep, you've probably done a great job with your greeting, you've probably done a great job with your qualifying questions, and you've done a good job addressing the creativity, generosity, and curiosity. So yeah. what is the last step? to your formula that you just came up with i don't know i'm still figuring it out (laughs) i just came up with it (laughs) you said three words and something and the idea so 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 the idea would be um and one idea yeah so here's here's the idea depending on how you respond to your customers questions will determine whether you're making adversaries or advocates yes um and here's what i mean Oftentimes, when I'm dealing with salespeople that are having a challenging time closing sales, it's oftentimes because they are, because of the way they're reacting to the answers, they're creating an adversarial environment for their customers. What, how that usually sort of transpires is every time their customer will say something that they think they have a leg up on the competition, they'll bring it up. Right. And they'll try to close on that one little thing. And they don't connect it to why that matters for the customer. And they also never connect it to the bigger picture, the bigger reason. So I'll give you an example. So imagine a customer comes in and they say, you know, I'm looking for a mattress and I want it to last a really long time. I'd like it to last longer than my, than my last mattress. I want something good. Well, great. We have these over here. So we take them straight to the more premium products. And they say, well, you know, I'm, I'm looking, to, looking to finance. This is a little more than I can pay for today. 
and they jump right into financing and try to close on financing. Well, we have 60 months. We can take care of that for you right now. Would you like to go ahead and do that, right? So what you're creating is a is a punch-counterpunch sort of a conversation where right. every time they bring up something, you try to you try to punch it and close it right there instead of listening to the customer and finding out why why are you looking for what is the reason why you're looking for a more premium product is it because you want it to last longer is it because you want to sleep better is it for both reasons and is the information that you're coming in here with correct and will will this solve your problem because as mattress salespeople, as mattress store owners, as retailers, even as reps, our job is to really solve problems. We just happen to have mattresses <laughs> as a way to solve those problems. Those are just the tools. Those aren't the end all. Right. And, and you know, <clears throat> there's another big idea. And here, here's the idea. If you as a salesperson, as a retail salesperson, if you focus on the outcomes and and no one does this better than Ben McClure and and Jeff Chinakovo. Sure. The, they focus on the outcome and the outcome is the customer wakes up happy and pain free. Right. Now we're not doctors and some customers will be more or less pain free, but they will get more relief with the proper mattress than they could get with an improper mattress. That's right. So, you no, know, the outcome is usually pain-free, happy wake-ups. Right. If we focus on that, but we need to ask the question and bring the customer to that place. I mean, listen, sometimes I, I've, I've, I've seen this. Well, why, why, why are you in our store today? I just got a divorce. I threw out my mattress because it's loaded with bad memories. Right. Okay. So were you sleeping okay on that mattress? Yes, I love that mattress, but I threw it out. Right. Okay. Right. So tell me about that mattress. Right. You know, and it's something different than this. So we shouldn't, you know, just assume that everybody wants this because a lot of times what they want, you know, this, what this woman wanted, she wanted the remnants of the memories of her ex to be gone. Right. That's what she right. wanted. <laughs> right, right. And and yeah. so so maybe in that situation, your question is a little bit different and how sure. you get down to it. And, 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 and to me, if she's this highly agitated, my, my gut level bet would be that she wants it delivered right away. And if you offered a very quick delivery, like we'll follow you home with it, right, um, right. you'll probably lock the sale up because yeah. she just... She's done. She already told you right. she threw it out. So what is she going to sleep on now? And yeah. so, so it's not always what we think. But I mean, if you are focusing on on the outcome of pain free and happy wake ups, you're probably pretty close. And mm -hmm. but asking the customer, you know, what if we found you the exact right perfect mattress? And you know, what would what would you feel like the next day after you slept on that mattress? Right. Hopefully they would say <clears throat> something along the lines of, I would wake up happy and pain-free. Right, right. Which I think is and, pretty universal. And you, and, you know, we also have to, I think, remember that there's a huge knowledge gap 
between us and our customer, right? And we have to ask questions that help them control their expectations. Yeah. And so the the one of the questions that that I can remember um, hearing some folks at um, mattress firm used to ask a lot. One of the questions was instead of asking about do you want a soft mattress, do you want a firm mattress, they would ask when you when you are comfortable on a mattress, are you do you see yourself sleeping in the mattress or on the mattress? Mm-hmm. Which I thought was an interesting way to sort of ask the same question because I can't tell you how many times Pete a customer has said to me come in and said to me I'm looking for a firm mattress. Well, they may be looking for a firm mattress, but what they're probably looking for is a supportive mattress. And there's a big difference. Yeah. Because there are supportive mattresses that are soft, there are supportive mattresses that are firm and there are supportive mattresses that are in between. And if your customer is sleeping on a hard mattress because they think it's supportive, then we're probably not um, ultimately satisfying their their needs there. And that's why that, that curiosity part, I believe, is so important in building advocacy. And I, I'll give you, here's, here's the way that I would close every single salesperson. And I don't like calling it closes. This is the way that I would conclude my sales. And I almost, almost had a bat at a thousand. If I had done my work, if I had been creative, generous, and curious, and asked the right questions, and did not build um, adversarial situations where I tried to close too early, and I waited. Here's how it would work. I would say to the customer, Mr. Customer, Miss Customer, based on what I heard you say, and then I would summarize two or three things that they had said, and then I would say, that is the reason I would so highly recommend this bed. Do you agree? And here's what I found, Pete. I found that oftentimes people would disagree with me and my opinions. They would very rarely disagree with themselves and their opinions. Mm -hmm. And so if I had done my work, I had asked the right questions, I had been generous, I had been creative, and I had been curious, I had built advocacy and trust throughout the sale, I could look at them and say, based on what I heard you say, you're looking for something that's going to be supportive that's going to be comfortable for you and that's going to last you the time that you want it. Based on that, that's why I so highly recommend this particular mattress. I believe this will be the right one. Do you agree? What I'm asking them to agree with is their own opinion. And if I've done my work and I can really do that with integrity, almost always they left happier. (laughs) They left with a mattress and three months down the road, six months down the road, two years down the road, they still felt the same way. That's, that's, that's great. Um, <clears throat> it almost leads into another discussion and we can't get into it cause we're really over right now. But you know, one of the ways that you differentiate your store and yourself as a salesperson is the experience that the customer has the actual sales experience. So we'll get into that on, uh, on, on another one. Any last words, Doug? I, I think, uh, address qualifying questions and i want to thank you dan souter charlie lloyd rick alexander and kelly hall for an absolutely fabulous discussion that we had mm-hmm. on the no bs sales school uh for furniture and mattress sales people it's on facebook guys it's a closed group 
no civilians, just us. And there are some great conversations in there. Whether you are an RSA who just wants to sell more, you're a store owner that wants to make more money and help more customers, or you're a sales rep, or you have another position in our industry and you care about you know, the furniture and the mattress business, um, you're welcome to, to join our group. We'd love to have you. Um, right now, where are we at? About 117 people? Something like that, yeah. You know, this group really got a slow start, but in the last six months, it has really just been on fire with a capital F. Any last words, my friend? No, my, I mean, the only thing that I would say is, you know, if, if you're listening to this podcast and you're finding value, I mean, this is this is only a small part of the value that you would find if you were part of the Facebook group. And I think that community has been really important. I've gotten a lot out of it. I've learned a lot from from the from the folks that are part of the group and found a lot of value in it. So, um, you know, I'll, I'll thank you for for getting it started and for for all you're doing to sort of make these make these connections that's what really sales is all about selling is about community and about trust and yep. i think you've done a really great job of um of building that and 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 giving us sort of a safe place to have um conversations and and help each other become better and and create better um better relationships and better connections with our customers so i'm excited to see what happens in episode 18 yeah, I am too. I'm excited to see what happens in episode 18. I think we have about three or four pressing things we want to do, and uh, we will get to that shortly. Guys, we'll see you next week. It's Pete Primo and Doug Stewart saying goodbye. See you on episode 18. See ya. Thank you for listening to the No BS Sales, Marketing, and More podcast for furniture and mattress stores. We love reviews at our podcast. They help us get found. Please review us at iTunes or Stitcher. And while you're there, please subscribe. This podcast was brought to you by Primo Furniture Sales. For more tips on selling furniture and mattresses, go to PetePrimo.com. Till we meet again, sell a million. Thank you.